well, my fellow Eagles fans, and also the lurkers of other teams who wish to point and laugh at our precious birds. The Eagles' wings were clipped. It nosedived from the sky and has finally hit the concrete and splattered all over the fucking tarmac. There you have it. A brief insight, a brief tease if you will, to mix oration at the end of this podcast. Make sure to listen to the end to hear the rest. Hello, 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 gentlemen. It's been a while. I missed the sound of your voices, especially Mix. How are we doing? How are we, how are we feeling? Weird end to the year, <laughs> safe to say. Um, but yeah, what's how, how are you boys feeling, Mick? How are you doing, buddy? I'm all right, mate. Um, just glad to get 2020 over with, I think. Uh, there's, there's, there's just no... Very many positives to take from this season, is there? But I'm sure we'll get to all of that later on in the pod. So, but uh, again, it's, the season's over, so there's a, a sigh of relief almost from me. Yeah, we um we t- we we talked about a lot of stuff on the NFC East podcast last week, uh, Phil. I don't think any of us were prepared for what happened at the weekend. But how, how are you doing, buddy? Hey, back to work. Um, dry January, I hear. <laughs> you couldn't wait to get that one in. Um, yeah, no, it's yeah, it's a new year, new me kind of deal. I don't know how long it's going to last. Um, but yeah, I think it's most like a, trying to trying to make a bigger deal out of the new year, sort of trying to put a, a full stop on 2020 and start 2021 as if you mean to go on, I suppose. Yeah, I like that. I mean, Donald Trump's doing his best to ignore that piece of advice, but we won't go there, will we? Um, good stuff. Um, yeah, 2021, it's going to be a great year. Mick, you, you, you talked about positives. One big positive for me is this podcast. Um, and I'm meeting you guys and, and speaking to you guys way too much, but, but fun all the same. And um, so, yeah, it's been, it's been great to, great to have you guys on this podcast this year. Good stuff. So, just go through the quick running order today. Um, and for our, as I say, every week, our thousands of listeners, I know you want to know what's coming up. Uh, we'll, we'll do a quick reaction to um, the defeat. That's what we want to call it. Um, we'll, we're going to go through a number of uh, questions. I'm going to throw at Mick and Phil. Just looking back on the season, looking forward to next year, whether it's player of the season, most improved, who's going to make big leaps next year, who's staying going, reaction to Swartz. Um, obviously, we'll touch on the quarterback situation. Uh, we'll take a quick look at the at the at a mock draft for the first uh, six picks. Really, who cares past that? Um, for next year, um, and then of course we'll have our bold prediction. We're going to do it for the whole next season as the season is over, and then Mick is going to see us away with his lovely, smooth Scottish voice. How does that sound, folks? Sound good to you? Let's do it. Let's do it. Ready to go. Right. Right. Okay. Let's get let's get down to it off the bat. Phil, I'm going to go to you first. Reaction to the game last Sunday. Well, I'm probably the worst person to go to first because I was the only one who didn't watch it live. But then again, that might be a good thing. Um, yeah, going back to work, so I had to uh, get the get the sleep in, and I watched the uh, the highlights back. Um, it's just never the same, is it, when you watch watch the highlights compared to the real game? So I can't really comment on how how the game felt, but 
obviously the highlighted um, moments of the game seemed that it didn't seem like they started off too badly. I mean, the stats that have come out about Hertz and, and, and the pulling that we can get into later, it didn't seem, it didn't, they didn't sort of tie together. It didn't seem like that's how the, how his game went at the start, you know, the two Russian touchdowns. I, I generally, when I was at that point, I was like, but yeah, do we actually, did we just go ahead and smash Washington or something like that? That's how I felt at that moment. And then you didn't know you, 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 you'd avoided all oh, contact yeah, yeah, yeah. with the outside no, played, world. I straight. I, I'd muted all the group chats. I'd, I'd done everything right. And I was, I was trying to do it. I actually was doing it at my desk at work. So I wasn't doing any work for the first hour, but I was like, get into work. Wow. And then let's hope your yeah. boss isn't listening in. And yeah, okay. I am the boss. <laughs> oh, here we go. The queen is not uh, flex. <laughs> yeah, no, so I, I managed to catch up. So that, yeah, I wanted to properly. And the annoying thing was, is I, I pressed mute and it muted for eight hours. And about halfway through, I was watching the highlights. It, it stopped. So obviously the messages started coming through and I got, I think Paul tagged me in one and I was just like, like desperately trying to scratch, scroll all the, all the messages up. But um, no, I got through it. And, and yeah, to me, it, it didn't seem as bad as what as everyone was re- obviously reacting because that was the reason everyone was trying to sort of tag me and stuff and Twitter was going mad. There was obviously something big happening. I just didn't know what it was. And then, um, yeah, it just didn't seem that bad to me in terms of what we wanted to happen. We didn't want them. I, I, I know I go on about it nearly every week about wanting to tag, wishing the team to lose. I didn't want them to lose, but I was glad they did because ultimately it's the, it was the best outcome for him but if they'd won it I don't know how I would have felt so mm, yeah it, it's it's I mean I've got my thoughts and I'll share them in a minute it was it was the best outcome but bloody hell what a strange way of getting there thanks for that uh, mate that's, that's brilliant um, Mick over to you buddy you watched it uh, live yeah. with me uh, also going back to work the next day but you, you, you know with some young children you're used to no sleep so <laughs> what was your what was your reaction from the game buddy Exactly. I just want to say that actually you made me stay up for that game. You guilted me into staying up for it. I didn't want to. I seen how many inactives we had. I thought this is this is a meaningless game. I was firmly in Phil's camp and I just didn't really want to watch it. But Liam comes with a big snob story. Oh, Mick, you've watched it all season with me. Oh, please. It's my birthday. Uh, um, oh, that's brilliant! I what it was? It was my big three zero um, as the uh, clock struck uh, midnight on 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 Sunday night. Um, so thank you, Mick Christina. But it was worth it, right? <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Um, we got to see players such as uh, who's that, and I don't remember him. Amazing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I kind of, like Phil was saying, he watched the highlights uh, and he thought Hurst didn't play really that bad. And, and I kind of felt like that watching it live as well. And I was surprised when he was pulled. Um, I think everyone was. Like it, it, the news broke on Twitter that um, Sudfeld was taking uh, snaps from Kelsey on the sideline. And obviously Kelsey explained all that in the days after the game. Uh, but None of us really saw it coming. Um, and Sudfield didn't play very well. It was like a circus act out there. It was absolutely horrible. Um, it, it just became funny after a while because it, it was just almost ridiculous, like the way we were playing. Yeah. It, it, uh, it became even funnier when you watched the Giants' Twitter blow up. Um, oh, yeah, was- that was delicious. <laughs> I'm still dining on that. 
I mean, we had um, former NFL players, celebrities, politicians, you name it. Mm. It was great. The, I loved um, it. I loved every moment of that. In fact, that, that kept me kept me interested. <laughs> the, the the highlight, the best comment for me, I think it, it came, um, you know, the, a, a day after was uh, was it was it Eli Manning said, "This is why we hate the Eagles." And Fletcher Cox said, "Don't worry, we hate you too." <laughs> yeah, that was great, he wasn't just, it? Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Fletcher Cox, I mean, he wasn't uh, you know active in the game as as we know, but. The defensive line was actually pretty good in the game. They didn't really get the memo that we were supposed to tank the game. Um, yeah. Because the, we're doing all sorts. We have three sacks, two interceptions, and, you know, we, we were on an absolute shoestring. Like, the the, um, the cornerbacks that we had available, like, who did we have out? We had Maddox was out, obviously. Nickel Roby Coleman was out. Craig James, uh, Michael Jacquet. Um, that, that last one was... That last one was no... Um, <laughs> that that did us a favour, I think. Uh, uh, Strap as well, and I think there's another. Uh, Jalen Mills was out. He can play corner, but you know he's been playing safety all season. But he can play there. But you he was also. Uh, yeah. You, you mentioned not getting. You mentioned not getting the memo. I mean, I don't think Washington got the memo that we were trying to give them the win, did they? <laughs> you oh. know, they 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 played awful. I, I mean, that performance, even though they won, I mean they they're not they're not making it past. They're not making it past the first playoff game, are they? I didn't think so. Not against the Buccaneers, but no. you never know. You never know. I would, I would, I would love, so to, let's, I would let's... love to, to see Washington go in there and 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 give them at least a scare and just see see all the box fans we know just sweating. <laughs> yeah. That so, what would you rather? What would you rather, as an Eagles fan, would you rather see Washington lose because obviously NFC East. The least hated NFC team in the NFC East. Um, and Brady goes through, or would you obviously Brady lose? Oh, well, it's a hard one. It is a hard one. I think. I think. Well, I think. I think Washington could probably. It's possible that they win one game in the playoffs. It's imp- It's impossible that they win anymore. So it's kind of a harmless thing if they did did happen to win. So I don't think I'd be too too bothered and to see see Tom Brady sort of lose in, in such a manner would just be the, the tonic that we all need I think well we know he wouldn't be shaking any hands when he leaves the field anyway um, alright let's let's tackle this on the <laughs> head um, it was a tank was it Mick it was, it, it, that was a tank I mean I think they've come out and they've said that all week um, Hertz knew Kelsey knew that Sunfell was going to play. They didn't specify when in the game he was going to play, but they said he was going to play. Um, in that position in the game, they've planned that tank, haven't they? Yeah, but I mean, I suppose you can't ask players to do that, you know. So, like, Sudfeld was trying his hardest, and that, you know, that's kind of almost funny as well. That it did look like we were trying to tank, but the, the player himself was. He was trying his hardest, uh, and boy, he ended up with an interception on the first drive of fumble on the second, and then I think that's all he did. <laughs> yeah, Kelsey yeah, came out and said, Kelsey came out and said that like um, the second snap, he you know completely missed missed through the ball to him as well. So you got a feel for Nate Sudfeld, eh? You know, 
been been QB three all year, gets his chance when the team are obviously trying to tank. Probably not calling the best plays to help them in that situation either. Um, gotta feel sorry for the boy. Well, you know, like when yeah. when you've got when we've gone from Wentz to Wentz to Hurts, and that 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 change and that change in feeling about it going from a really frustrating static offense that's just not going anywhere and going to Hurts and getting that that injection of, of electricity and feeling like there's some life in the team it went the, from the highlights point of view it was very much like oh my god I didn't think there could be an option worse than Wentz and it generally felt like okay this is over as soon as as soon as the first couple of drives I was like this is over we're not winning this and whether that obviously that's not deliberate I, I don't think for a second Nate Sucker went out to deliberately play like that whatsoever but agreed, agreed. yeah and agreed. and I think it is something that probably maybe needed to be answered, possibly from you know, if you want to believe everything you hear and, and Doug was like, We need to see snaps from him. Do you know what his quarterback rating was? I don't want to know. <laughs> fourteen. Wow. fourteen Ouch. was his quarterback but... rating. Just to put that into perspective, um Wentz quarterback rating for the year was seventy two point was seventy two point eight. Hertz was topped Topped it at 77.6. Sorry, tell a lie. Hertz had 77.6. And le- leading the team with one thrown um, catch, one reception for 28 yards is Greg Ward <laughs> um, with a quarterback rating of 118. There you go. Yes, Greg Ward. <laughs> Maybe Greg Ward is the, is the answer to our quarterback. Hightower might have been up there. Obviously, well. he used to be a court. Yeah, Hightower, yeah. Um, obviously, Greg Ward being a, being a quarterback um, at college. All right. Yeah, that was a good play actually where Greg Ward threw Travis Fulgham and then he just stepped out of bounds, which I thought was straight. I thought he could have turned and and ran with it, oh. but it's one of these ones. Can what are, what one of these ones? I mean, it's definitely an option for the Eagles moving forward. I mean, they've, they've got to keep. We're going to go on to who's staying, who's going next year. But I, Greg Ward for me, such a utility player. Um, you know, I'm keeping him next year regardless the options he gives you, whether it's. Uh, returning the ball, whether it's um, in, in the receiving game, whether it's playing the passing game, um, whether he's your new quarterback or not. That's what I'm, <laughs> I'm, keeping, I'm keeping Greg Ward next year. So, Mick, just quickly before we move on, um, definitely a tank, fairly blatantly obvious. Yeah. Yep. But, um, like, you know, you know, Liam, there is positives to take from the game as well. Like I said, the, def- the defence showed up. Um, they they weren't sold on the tank. So, um, like I said, they, they, there was a there was some good plays, um, in there. Um, your your man, if you want to talk about him, Alex Singleton, uh, who's you know, oh, yeah, absolutely. So you know he he had another great game. He was very very bright as he usually is. I think he had a sack as well. Um, oh. and yeah, I, I think he had a, a tackle for a loss. Yeah. So, so here's our here's our stats for our favourite man uh, on the year. 120 tackles. That's nearly 50 more than anyone else in the team. Uh, two sacks and, and an interception. I think he was leading the league in ta- in tackles from week 10 to week 17. Um, absolute shagger. He's uh, he's he's one the key pile for next year, eh? Absolutely. I think he's like the, one of the lowest paid on the roster mm, as well. I'll have to change at some point. Um, good stuff. 
Right. Just to just to go back to Should sorry we... the, the, the tank situation. Go I just help. want to put a question to the, the two of you because obviously you guys watched it watched it live, but so everyone's going on about and getting and it's got their throwing their toys out of the pram about it being a tank and it's only really because of putting Subfeld in and it, that being an obvious indicator normally that it'd be a tank. And but Mick also saying that the rest of the team maybe didn't get the memo or just just were, were, were playing their normal game. So if people are saying that it's a tank, the only thing that's there to suggest that it was a tank is that they put Nate Sudfeld in. And if that's the case, and it was because they wanted to put reps in, does that make does that mean that we can actually believe them and turn around and say, well, it wasn't a tank. They just they went out there with a depleted team and they wanted to see some reps from Sudfeld at some point. It's not like they kind of went out there and went, ah, we need to throw this game quickly because it's going in the wrong direction. It just felt like they went out there, they said, just play the game, and then and we're going to put Sudfeld in at some point. I know that is... A technical I, don't, I don't think it's anything... I don't think it's anything on the players. I don't think, I don't think any of the players tried to tank at all. Uh, I think it was, a, it was a decision that was made to put Sudfeld in, and the plays that were called, if you look at them, were a bit suspect. Um uh, going for on four from four, and um, when you when you could punt it away downfield, uh, it now the question of who made that decision is an interesting one. Um, was speaking to coach uh, Ryan Paul this week um, <clears throat> on coffee with coach, and he said from his his time knowing Doug as the quarterback coach of his um, or the head coach of his school in 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 ninety five was that Doug, is, he's not the kind of guy who would ever do anything like that. He's not the kind of guy who would make any decision like that. Whether he's, whether he's the guy who will follow orders um, given by someone else, whether that be Lurie or Roseman, is, is another matter. Um, so that's just an interesting one to ponder, I suppose. If we did tank, who's the person who's going to make that call? For me, if, you, if you're thinking about draft, draft picks, it's got to be the GM, right? Yeah. You can. We don't know who made the decision. What what, what I was trying to get uh, is that where the way people are talking, like the Eagles collectively set out to basically screw everyone over and and be selfish and everything like that. I think I think there is there's generally maybe a way to tank, which was the case of and a lot of, a few people have come out and said it. You know, the Eagles didn't want to be flexed to prime time. The um, you know, they had nothing to play for. They're not going to want. To allow their divi- any of their division rivals, it wasn't like they were only stop- stopping Washington or they were only stopping the Giants. It's like they were just like we've got our own stuff to worry about. We're in dire straits, and we're trying to make sure that we we survive as a franchise. I just the way people talk are like it's some sort of malicious intent. I'm like, you need to just get a grip. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm on. That's the name. That's the name of the podcast, Phil. Get a grip. <laughs> Uh, to be to be fair, we do know one Giants fan who talks some sensibility around it, and and that's Paul, our fearless, our fearless leader of the Pick Six NFL uh, group. Uh, you know, he, he said something very simple, which I think a lot of people who are sensible said, and that's if you want to make the playoffs, then you need to win enough games to make the playoffs. You can't be relying on other teams, right? And that's that's the end of that. We don't need to go into the ins and outs of it. So basically, shut the fuck up, Giants fans. You didn't get in, and suck it up. Oh, we did get into it. <laughs> <laughs> All right, good. So, l- listen, I want to. Um, there's lots more things we're going to get through here. Um, I want to just go for some, go around the house with some questions for you, for you guys on on who you thought um, 
let's go for the first one. So, player of the season. So, we'll get to you first. Who for you is the player of the season in a four and eleven season? Um, who, who's your player of the season for the birds this year? Who who are you most happy with all year round? I, I feel like uh, I'm at the the third round draw for the FA Cup, sticking my hand in a bowl of black balls, going, mm, which one uh, I'll go for? Um, no, I think I don't know. It's it depends on what what aspect we value more. Someone who's been consistent, or someone who's just been a shining light to make the season enjoyable. Or, so I'm kind of torn. I'll let you decide, yeah. mate. I'll, I'll let you decide. I, I can, on that. Yeah, I'm thinking that on one hand, I'm thinking hurts just because the season was just going down the toilet. It was just, it was just, it was circling the drain, and then it's it uplifted everything. Us gave us something to work for, and. Being a rookie, he's been, he's been a bit of a shining light coming to the team. He's done really well. And the, but the alternative would be someone like um, Fletcher Cox or Kelsey for me because they've just, without them being their usual selves, I think things could have been a whole lot worse. So uh, if I had to pick one, I think I would probably go for, for Kelsey, just purely stemming from that play. I think it was the Browns where he was basically playing with one arm and he just wouldn't say and die. And I'm thinking that's that's something to remember for the season for me. That's something you want in your Eagles team, isn't it? All right, interesting three picks. There's one person missing there that I reckon, Mick, you might you might step up and say, but I, I won't say for you. Who's your player of the season? Yeah, um, I think Phil possibly passed on it to give me the easy option, and I thank you for that, <laughs> Phil, is um, Brandon Graham. Yeah. Uh, who I, I bought his jersey this season. He's had an outstanding year. Um, we can see that from his selection to the Pro Bowl. First time that he's been selected for that, but he's absolutely over the. I know there's not an actual physical Pro Bowl this season, which is a, a bit of a shame for him, but I, I don't think he'll really be caring. I think he's over the moon with the selection because he's been overlooked for so many years and he's been so consistent as well on the edge. Uh, and I, I absolutely love the guy. He's like such a character in the dressing room. I don't know if you watched yeah. the, um, the the Amazon series, uh, and you see how, how how much it means to him as well, and how much he loves the city and loves the team. Um, he's, he's a he's a lifer for the Eagles. Um, absolute legend. So I've 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 got to say I've got to say Brandon Graham. I know it's you might think it's a cop out answer, but. I don't think it is. I don't think it is. I don't think it's a cop-out answer at all. Um, Brandon Brandon Graham would be my um, would be my player of the season as well. Um, but but Phil, you know, good shouts. I mean, you, you, Kelsey Cox both made the Pro Bowl I definitely again. Definitely don't disagree. Hurts with if you're going to go for that. All, just for the record, definitely don't agree, disagree. Oh yeah, no, one hundred percent. It's it's as you said before. It depends on what kind of lens you put on it, right? If you if you're putting the lens on what, what gave you that spark, what gave you that passion what changed your feelings around the season there's, there's no there's no denying that that's Jalen Hurts for sure um I think all four of those players play well I think yeah the only one first I'm gonna mix a little bit here I'm not 100% sold on on the Kelsey on the Kelsey pick now it's opinion based all obviously but just my my opinion would be while he was an absolute trooper um that day he had a two or three dodgy games with some, with some poor snaps this season, which I've not seen from Kelsey before. Um, but even even saying that, he was obviously still one of my best players. Um, I just hold I just hold his standards so high that 
even just seeing, you know, two or three of those things happen um, was a bit of a, a bit of a bit of a shock. But yeah, I, he'll he'll be around next to, year. To, to respond to that, I think he's he's had a lot on his shoulders this season, being the only only um, part of the offensive line to to play every game and to consistently sort of be able to. Um, to perform, and he's bring he's been bringing on sort of a couple of rookies here. He's been dealing with different people on his left and right every game. I think you can you can kind of I can look past a couple of bad games. I think if if he didn't have a bad game, you would you'd think he wasn't human. That's a very good point, Phil. Um, I hadn't quite appreciated the 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 thirteen fourteen different um, offensive uh, line. Starting lineups. <clears throat> it's a very good I think, point. And I think very that's maybe point. why I didn't go for 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 Graham is because whilst I totally agree he's he's been consistent and he's performed well. Yeah, the defensive four haven't really had that much go in in the same light. You can't say they've had the same kind of luck. They've they've you've had Fletcher Cox mm. and Brendan Graham for the majority of the games, and I think when you're used to that, then that's almost expected to, for them to play at that level. If they were playing poorly. They, they'd be a real shock. It's it's a good point. I think I tweeted after the game um, on Sunday, fairly inebriated at that point in time. However, I still still stand true to what I said. You bring Brandon Brooks back and Lane Johnson back. You've got uh, Maialata and um, Herberg and uh, and and that and Christ, you've got a really impressive offensive line. All of a sudden. Um, you throw Wentz back into the mix. Rager makes improvements next year, as does Goddard, maybe Watkins. We had a couple of people with our draft draft picks, and you know, saying a bit early next season could be a good one for the Board birds. Board the hot train. Uh, <laughs> let's go, birds. Okay, yeah. Uh, all right, next question. Most improved during the year. I mean, I've I've got one which stands out. I'll let you boys go first. Mick, do you want to go first this time? Um, sure, but I feel like I'm just going to keep giving cop-out answers and it's going to be Alex Singleton because, <laughs> well, we, sp- we speak about him every single week. He's absolutely fabulous. He's um, smashing it on, on the on, on the line-back position. I know we're very weak in that position anyway, so it's maybe not like, the best in the league, but he's he's been consistent for the team and he's done whatever has been asked of him. Uh, and I can't fault him for it. And, and, and you know, I think... He has been one of the star players of the season for me. Yeah, I mean, very hard to disagree with that, but I will do it in a minute. You go first, Phil. <laughs> most, most improved. Um, yeah, I think it's it's hard to look past Alex Singleton because he didn't. He could argue that um, that Fulham came in and he, he massively improved, but he's he obviously dropped off for whatever reason. Singleton's kind of as soon as he came in, what week five or something, I think it was. He's been consistent, and the stats that I was putting into the group is like how how what he's managed to achieve in sort of ten, eleven games compared to the whole the rest of the NFL with a full season. He's sort of something like in the top twenty in terms of tackling. I think it was. I think you can't really look much past him. Oh yeah, I mean, he, he so from week ten he was first in tackling. Um, but yeah, since he came in, you're, you're right. He would have been up there with the elite. Okay, I'm going to throw this out there. Um, I agree with you guys, but an, an alternative approach, Josh Webb. 
Josh Sweat had a monster year for the time he was in. Six sacks, nearly 40 tackles, three forced fumbles, and the best thing to come out of Sam Bradford was when we got that pick. We picked him within the trade. Um, Josh Sweat had a ridiculous year. Um, you, you know, there's, there's a certain guy who was picked for Washington this year on the D-line, and Josh Sweat was matching him stat for stat um, this, this season. I am super excited about Josh Sweat and what he's going to do for the Birds over the next few years. And he's young. He's 23 years old. So Josh Sweat for me. Most improved. Yeah, I think you can't. Like you can't. You can't Thank say you that much. he hasn't had a, a great, a great season whatsoever. I just think it obviously has been overshadowed by everything going on with the offense this season. That a lot of a lot of defensive mm. players have, have just kind of gone under the radar a bit. I suppose. Yeah, I, I completely agree. Um, but for me, like a real shining light, I was listening to um, Birds of Friends Eagles podcast, The Athletic. Um, a week or so ago, and I think it was Bo Wolf uh, got to ask uh, Josh Sweat about his freakishly long arms. Apparently, he's got the longest arms anyone's ever seen in that position. <laughs> Probably helps him get to the ball. Also, interesting fact that I read up on today: he led the he led his draft class in the forty yard dash, um, and still was only picked at one hundred and thirty. He he led in the forty yard dash and mm. the vertical. Um, and was was still picked 130 in the fourth round by the Eagles. So, absolute athlete. You're dead right, mate. Yeah, well, there's there's some gems to be to be uncovered, isn't there? In the later rounds, it's just if you've got the the scouting network that's able to identify these kind of guys. You know, I think sometimes it's few and far between for for the Eagles to find these kind of guys. But if anything, you could argue they find more gems in the later rounds than they do in the early rounds. <laughs> Well, yeah, that's that's, that's something. That's just I think it's, it could, like could be because like, um, there's probably less less attention on on later round picks, so it's easier to sort of less people are sort of knowledge about knowledge, knowledgeable about them, and you can and you can maybe get away with picking that diamond in the rough. Whereas in the top in the first sort of two three rounds, everyone knows everything about each person, and everyone's already scoured them. It's harder to find those. Those, those those hidden gems. Yeah, yeah one of the pressures, right, isn't there? Yeah, I'm going. I'm going to the draft next year, guys. Uh, undrafted. So if anyone wants to pick me up, five foot eight. Uh, currently thirty pounds heavier than I was last year, but I'll lose it if you want to draft into the NFL. So just putting it out there. Kicker, kicker. <laughs> oh, I, do you know what? When I was, I, I don't. I don't know if I said it. I don't know if I said this in one of the earlier podcasts, but I, I did a, um, a Thanksgiving over in the US a few years back. My my girlfriend's got family in Philadelphia, um, and I attended a turkey bowl uh, in Newtown, uh, Pennsylvania, uh, which is basically a Thanksgiving American football game in the morning between two towns. And they let me play. There was kegs of Gatorade and vodka on the sideline, and uh, a keg of Bloody Mary. Crazy, right? Um, and like just massive bottles of Tabasco sauce that you just put into your drinks on the side. And um, I, I played in that game. I played cornerback and kicker and punter, multi-position. Uh, I got I didn't get an interception, but I, I knocked the ball down before a receiver was going to catch it. Um, and there's a there's a video somewhere of someone going, "Oh, the Irish guy." <laughs> and uh, <laughs> I was and I was I was the kicker and the punter because I was European. I quote European. That was why I was a kicker and a punter. Um, and I played football, so maybe, 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 maybe I'll pip Harry Kane to a spot in the NFL 
in a couple of seasons' time. <laughs> good, good stuff. Right. If we haven't lost all the audiences with that story, let's go to worst player out of the year. As a bit of a negative question, but fuck it, why not? Uh, Phil, you're you're uh, Mr. Positive, so we'll put it, we'll put it on your shoulders first. Uh, who are you? Who are you least impressed with by the Eagles this year? And it, it, the lenses which might help you are, you know, if there are a player who's already been here who's regressed the most, most or is, or is it a, a draft player that you've expected more out of, or is it someone we we traded for that you expect a lot out of? You can look at it with, more, with different lenses here, but yeah, who's the worst oh, player? Oh God, you? Where, where do you start? Like, like <laughs> <laughs> on one hand, I want to pick Wentz because. You know, it's the obvious. It's the season's been about him and and his regression. I, I I don't want to be too too harsh because I still do believe every you know everyone's entitled to have an off season. It's two off seasons that are unforgivable. Um, so I don't and and you know of what he did prior to that, I think he you know he's he's got to hold some weight. So I don't really want to go for that because it just seems too obvious. Um, but I think the players that, that are really the worst player of the season is probably I don't can I go, can I go for Andre Dillard? Because <laughs> I know he's not playing. So technically, <laughs> he's not, not even for not because even suiting. He's up. been such a disappointment <laughs> since he's arrived. Like not only has he like not played much, he's been oh. injured and he's also terrible. It's just like and for a second round, a first round draft pick, second round draft pick. First round draft. Pick. First round. That's just yeah, unforgivable. And I just, and I, if you want, if you want to tell me to pick someone else, I'll pick someone else. But I can't. It's strange enough. I just want to go for Andre Dillard. It's just been such a disappointment. I get angry. No, when get, get up. like fuck. He's still on the team. I like it. I love it. Worst player of the season. The player who hasn't suited up for a game all year. Andre Dillard. I'm, I'm, I'm happy with that. I'm sticking with it. I get your reasoning. And I'm I'm not going to argue with you. Oh, that sound was the sound of a bottle of whiskey being opened, Mick. Am I wrong? I tried. I tried to do that so quietly. Always <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil, did you, yeah, uh, did you hear that sound? You okay? <laughs> been so long since I've heard that sound. It's oh, been seven sir. days. <laughs> it's been about seven minutes for me, which reminds me I need to get a top up in a moment. We might have a, little, a wee pause in a second before we do that. Uh, Mick, uh, worst player uh, for the season for you? How much time have we got? <laughs> Come, mate. Do you know what you End the season wrap up. I'm not in work tomorrow, so as long as you fucking want, mate. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, I, I feel like I've got a few. Okay. Right. And I, I'll give a special shout to um, Javon Brown because he was fucking garbage. I think he was only in for one game, possibly two games. But I never want to see that guy in an Eagles jersey ever again in my life. <laughs> I hate him, man. <laughs> he was I think he's got a future, future career in glove salesman, uh, isn't he? As a glove salesman, isn't he? Yeah, I think he does. Oh my god, that made me but, giggle. Please continue. I think this might be the best part of the whole podcast. Go on. Apart, apart from him, I mean, I think I think I could do this on all the offensive line. Uh, Jason Peters. <laughs> Jason Peters. I mean, Captain False Start. He's been absolutely. Yeah, he he was he was on my list when I when I when I did some research earlier. Go yeah, on, I mean, I don't really need to say much more. 
because it's just like nobody ever wants to see himself again. I like let me let me actually retract slightly in that he is an Eagles legend. Okay, he's he's, he's done his time. He's just too old for it now. So I'll give him that. All right, I don't know why we. I'm maybe being a bit too harsh on him because he that's has one a, hell of a four grades though. Um, I... It is. Uh, it really is. It's just age. So, so uh, insight into Roseman and Doug's press conference this year, Harry Roseman basically came out and said that it was on him that they didn't change the approach, the model that they've been working on since they won in 2017. Now, he did come out and say, we threw everything on it in 2017 to win. It's kind of true because at the start of the season, they didn't think they'd be in that position. But as soon as they knew they were in that position, they really did throw everything at it to win again. 2018, they thought they could go again and win it again. So they kept with that model. 2019, they still made it to the playoffs and felt they were one or two personnel away. And at the start of this season, again, it, you know, it felt like short-term fixes. So rather than going for the younger guys, they went with their trusted senior professionals. Now, Peters is probably going to be a Hall of Famer, right? But he was moving like a garbage truck this year. Um, <laughs> and he was, he was dishing out garbage. Uh, just to throw it out there before we go any further, mine is yeah. Peters. Mine is, mine is, is Peters. I think 100%, yeah. I, I, I think... But, but but if you're going to flip it, you know, it, it for me it's Peters and Doug. <laughs> no, Doug's not for, a player. For but me with, with Peters, you know, it's, you've got to you've got to make a chance. It's, Go on, mate. Um, it's, it's it's the contact that's done it for me. Like if, if take that out of the equation, he he'd come back, he takes a pay cut, cap in hand, you know, live lives and breathes Eagles. Wants to come back, so he, he does says, I'll do whatever, I'll do it on a basic level contract, I'll just do it team, and then he has a bad season. Oh, we sat here angry, cursing his name, getting really frustrated with him, wishing he wasn't in the team. Or are we just saying, hey, uh, you know, he came back for one more season, it didn't quite work out, never mind. You know, clap, clap him out of the building, off we go, fella. I think that because of the contract... I think we're saying... T- carry on, man, carry on. Yeah, I think we're saying two things. I think we're saying two things. Well, I say, I'm, I'm not going to put more on because I'm saying two things. I'm saying, one, it's a fault on the organisation for bringing him back. Um, and not moving on. Uh, I'm saying three things, actually. <laughs> I might say ten, but I didn't just... <laughs> um, the second thing I'm saying is um, when Myelada came in for snaps during the season and Pierce came back and Myelada was benched, I mean, what the fuck was Doug playing up there? It was clear Peters was out of his depth. And thirdly, if you've been in the NFL that long and you know how your body works and you know you're not performing, I'm putting on Pierce because he knows he wasn't performing well. He was taking the money. Um, yeah, he loves the club, but you know when you're done, you know go out with a bit of grace, a bit of dignity. Don't don't go out like the way he went out. And it is, it's going to be a tarnish on his. Can you his, blame him for trying? He's not had any. Um, there's, there's no, there's no, no doubt about it. He did come back. Any, anyone who's anyone who's a, anyone who earns hundreds and hundreds of millions of pounds, I can absolutely <laughs> blame you. <laughs> he did come in as guard, didn't he? And then he was moved. To, well, he got more money than was moved. Yeah, that's to what I'm saying. He complained about being, being that, a guard. That's what I'm saying. Well, it's those little aspects he complained that have as well, it, so, that, that yeah. tarnished it. That have made it, it's almost like he hasn't just kind of been in a situation it hasn't worked out. He's he's manufactured the situation and it's not worked out, which just feels all the more mm. bitter. Mm, yeah. yeah, that's a fair point. Can I continue on who else has been? Fucking go for it, mate. <laughs> Matt Pryor, he's fucking garbage as well, isn't he? He's shite, yeah. <laughs> 
I said, I've taken three picks and all three of them have been on the offensive line. Um, well, that's a testament to the year that we've seen. Not, you know, it's not, that's not surprising. However, someone who, who we haven't mentioned at all um, when we talked about most improved player, I've completely forgotten myself, Jordan Mailata. Mm. I mean, barely had a snap last year and, and now he's potentially one of our best offensive linemen. Yeah. I know we're doing yeah, I those players. I, I, I can't argue with my lot. I totally forgot about him as well, actually, to be honest with you. It's, uh, kind of, he, he wasn't in against the, the football team. So, uh, again, I just sort of get, I think it probably would have been easier to do him. like a role yeah, of dishonor I mean, and just let Mick just reel through the team, just go, Jason Peters, shite. Andre Dillard, shite. <laughs> <laughs> just go. Yeah, I didn't even know I didn't even go any any of the corners <laughs> or any of the linebackers. You know, Nate Gary and uh, Bonnie Mara. You know, it's, uh, uh, Duke Riley. This is, the list is endless this season. We're 4 11 1. Hey, hey, uh, that, hey. Duke, Duke uh, Riley has one of the only eight interceptions the Eagles got this year. You know? Oh, fuck. I, I could have got an interception in the uh, NFL this year. <laughs> Jesus, man. Maybe pre-lockdown, Mick. Maybe not now. Come on, let's be honest. No, no, okay. <laughs> all right, good stuff. <laughs> right, we're going to be on this worst player all year. We don't move on. Um, but yeah, yeah. I, I, I'd also like to just throw one last one in there. I know he's only been in for a few games. Michael Jacket can get the fuck. I don't care. Oh, he... I don't care the situation he was put in. I don't care how young he is. He went. He went for 170 yards in about six minutes. <laughs> the other week. Um, all right. Cool. That was good. Enjoyed that. Okay. Um, yeah, there's, the next one is who you see, who you, who do you think is going to make a big leap next year? Mick, we'll go to you first this time. Is it who I want to see or who I think we'll see? Because those are two different questions for me because I want to see Jalen Rager make big leaps next year. Um, I don't think we've seen enough from him this just as the first round pick, you, you do expect a bit more than what we did get. Uh, I know you know it's it's been difficult for him with you know the the, the situation we went in Hurts and uh, you know. Well, he was injured. He was same, injured. The same he was injured time, for three or four games, and you got to remember he's, 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 he's young. And I know he's a guy, but then yeah. and. and you know, you can look at the other first round wide receivers, and I don't really want to bring up Justin Jefferson, okay, but I kind of have to. And that, you know, there are guys that do hit the ground running. And look, I'm not, I don't really want to compare the two because it's not fair, really. You, you don't really know what you're, what you're getting. You can compare all the college stats in the world, and it doesn't prepare you for the NFL. It's a totally different game. You're up against elite cornerbacks in, in the NFL. Um, as compared to college, I mean, you look at the college scores and they're always up in the 40s, 50s, that kind of thing. It's just shootouts constantly. Um, whereas the, it's nowhere near like that. It's a complete culture shock for some of these guys. And some of them, fair play to them, they hit the ground running. And, and, and like we've seen with a few of the guys, but some people do struggle. And hopefully, any sophomore season, uh, Jalen Rieger really, you know, stretches his legs and starts becoming a. Um, what, what we all hope that you can be. So just on that, that's your hope. Yeah, that's one of your hopes. Uh, just before you continue, I want to defend Rager a little bit here. I'm not saying you're dissing on him. I'm not, I know you're hoping he'll do better next year. He's 21 years old. He's really young. He's quick. He's had injuries. There's been problems on offensive line. 
and and the quarterback, which has meant passes have been sporadic. There's been three different quarterbacks in when he's been on the field this season. And let me, and obviously the injuries, I remember I mentioned that, not, the injuries to do with as well, but um, Justin Jefferson, he's always going to be compared to Justin Jefferson. But I think less so now, and I know that's going to sound weird, Justin Jefferson has just broken the NFL receiving record um, for rookie wide receivers. Um Tip uh, Randy Moss and Howie Roseman and Doug Peterson press conference today. Oh, Howie Roseman, I should say, sorry, just turned around and went, Look, if any of us fucking knew, Justin Jay didn't say fucking, I'm going to say fucking. If any of us knew that Justin Jefferson was going to be as good as he was, then we'd all be like the highest paid GM in the world. You're like, you know, these, this is not a, you know, a, a regular thing that's happened with Justin Jefferson. He's gone off the charts, mm-hmm. he's broken all time records. Um, now, you might compare him to Drager because it was just, you know, we passed him. But Henry Ruggs III, first round, the first pick wide receiver, has, has had a, a very similar season to Rager, if not worse. CeeDee Lamb's had a good season, but maybe not as good as some people expected. And Justin Jefferson's gone off the charts. I think we're going to see a big year from Rager next year. Do you want to go for I him? I hope so. That- Again, that's my hope that we yeah. do see a lot more from him. I do, I do like the guy. I like the kid. He's, he's, I think he's got something in him. But like I said, I just, I need to just see a bit more from him. That's all. So, who do you think then, Mick, and I'm going to fail? Who do I think? Who do you oh, think? Sorry. Who do you think will? So you said you have. Who do you hope for? And then who do you think? Oh, who do I think will? Mm. Be the most improved player on the on the current roster. Well, <laughs> it's hard to tell because I think yeah, a lot of this roster is going to get cut at the end of the season mm. or before the, before the start of the next <laughs> season. Um, so we've got the what about what about uh, what about Sanders? We we saw a good first yeah. season from Sanders. Um, and and then let me give some stats here for Sanders. He was uh, William rolling out the stats. Eight hundred and sixty-seven yards rushing. And 197 receiving yards, so he's over a thousand yards combined. Uh, I think he was something like 1600 last year combined. Uh, but he did only play 12 games, and he was injured. He had six touchdowns. Um, he had four fumbles, which isn't ideal. He saw him make some big plays. He had an 80-yard um, touchdown. And the big thing for me is only 164 attempts at rushing in 12 games. Now, quick maths, that's about 13, 14 rushing attempts per game, which for your number one running back feels really low. Um, so if the Eagles go back to the rush next year, more than they have this year, which has to be more than they have this year. Um, I, well, I see him making yeah. some strides. What do you think, Mick? Well, if, if we're going to go ahead with uh, Jalen Hurts' QB1 next year, which is, the, you know, that discussion still up in there, uh, we, we've very well might see as being a, a run first team. Um, we all know that Hurst can run himself, but uh, and that potentially could take more runs or carries away from from uh, Sanders. But I get, like you said, we're twenty we're twenty fourth in the NFL for attempts per game, which is absolutely insane. I think when we've got a guy like Sanders in the backfield, um, when we're one of the one of the best for yards per attempt, you know, mm-hmm. we're third in the NFL, so we're getting the most yards, but we're running at 
like one of the least. It doesn't make any sense. I think it's absolutely bonkers. So I, I agree with your shout there, Liam, but I, th- I think uh, Sanders could embark on a career season next year. I was kind of hoping that would be this year because, mm. you know, he had a great rookie season uh, last year. I think he, he ran for over 800 yards uh, on his on his rookie year, which is very similar to this year. So, mm. again, yeah, absolutely. Phil? Um, He's going to make a big uh, leap next year. I feel like I haven't talked yeah, for a while, Phil. You're right. You're okay, right? I'm just listening. I'm just mesmerised by Mick. We've known him so long. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, we let you back on this one, Mick. Yeah, we let you back on. We bring you up for special occasions. Um, so, who I, who I think and who I feel. Can I do the same as Mick then in that, in that regard? Yeah, you can. So, yeah, you can. Yeah. Who I who I feel who I really want to have a, a big season is probably Jalen Hurts. I think I want him to 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 kick on. I want him to be as good as we we feel he can be, as good as he's kind of shown in 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 the short space of time. And 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 if he gets sort of solidified as number one, if Wentz does end up going, I'm just assuming a lot of things here. If he if he ends up coming in, I think and they can they can start building the team around him. I think he I feel like I really want him to have that season that we're all, we're all hoping that he can. Um, but who I'd probably think is probably more likely to have a a, a stellar season. I think I, I'm just, I can't move away from, from Jordan Malala, really. I know he's had a good improving season here, but I just feel like he's he's done that. And imagine if he's going into a season knowing he's the starting in his position, uh, whichever side that ends up being. Um, because he's proved that he's so useful in all those cards. If, if 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 Doug is sort of saying to him, "You are my starter," and let's go into the season and, and kick on, I think he can he can really really kick on in that position. So I, th- I think that's more likely. But I hope I hope Hertz is sort of given that opportunity. I, I love the Milana pick, uh, by the way. Um, interesting, <laughs> interesting. Good one, Mick. Sorry, go on. You go. No, I was just going to say how angry you're going to be when. Uh, my lot is benched at the start of the and, next and Jason Peters <laughs> starts. <laughs> no, 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 but um, I'm sure Phil picked him for his, <laughs> for his worst player, <laughs> and he, he's been probably starting ahead of uh, his, his hopeful player. But no, I'm, I'm with you. I, I, I really like my uh, Mila and I, I wish him all the best. Like, it's just like I love the story, story's all great as well. Yeah, yeah. That, you know, he's a young guy and we want to see him succeed. But it's like you said, Liam, and we've spoken about it before, it's, it's the whole story behind him. And I think that's great. I love that kind of thing. I'm, I'm a sucker for it. 100%. I remember uh, listening to, um, you know, podcasts a few years back when he was first drafted and listening to him speak and his family speak and the effort that had to go into switching from Aussie rules football, where if you see the videos, he, he basically just like, you ever seen that Simpsons episode where he's at coming in a character but like he's a Nelson or something, he's a quarterback, and he just basically runs the whole field and everyone's trying to stop him and it just clings yeah. to him and he just keeps going. But there are there are literal there are literal uh, videos of that um of him in of him in the Aussie rules Australian Football League where he's running through people and they're trying to cling on and he's just still running. <laughs> I would have liked to have seen him in running back, <laughs> could you imagine? <laughs> 
Paul, I've seen that shout on. I've seen that shout on Twitter saying they can punt with Dunlop. <laughs> exactly, you wouldn't get him down. He's an absolute beast. Uh, I really like the the Maialata pick. Uh, I'm gonna go for who I hope makes the biggest leap next year. Uh, I'm gonna go for Goddard. Uh, I think he's had a, a, an okay year. He's he played 11 games. He had over 500 yards. Quick point. Um, after you mentioned it uh, recently, um, Phil, no Eagles player over 500 yards last year. Is that the reason Fulton was pulled back because he was on 460, 470 odds? Uh, we finished the year mm-hmm. with two receivers uh, over 500 yards with Goddard and Fulton, both over the 500-yard point. With Greg Ward coming in at 419, Rager at 396. Um, but what's also not included in that for Rager is that ridiculous punt return touchdown. And um, Rogers pipping Ertz for receiving yards. Quick segue while we're there. Goddard v. Ertz um, on, the t- on the tight end stats because it's looking like we're not going to have Ertz next season. 46 receptions from 65 targets for Goddard. 36 re- receptions from 72 targets for Ertz. 500 yards meets 300. Three touchdowns meets one touchdown. They both played the same amount of games. But I think without Ertz in the lineup, we could really see uh, Goddard shine next year. So that's that's who I'm hoping is is, is going to make the biggest leap because I do think we're going to lose Ertz, as was seen the other day. You know, there were emotional press conference from, from Ertz, basically saying how much he loved the city. And, you know, when Ertz and Kelsey were seen on the field late, uh, after the game, obviously, it, it felt like a you know this is the last I'm going to be here kind of moment. So, I really hope he makes that step up because I think wherever Ertz is going, he's going to have a big year next year, and it'll be sour, sour in the mouth if 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 Connor doesn't step up. And then who I think will Jordan Mailata for everything, every single thing <laughs> that that Phil said. <laughs> okay, good stuff. So moving on to the next part we're just going to do a very quick this is going to be reactionary it's probably going to change throughout the off season as coaching changes happen as more draft more mock drafts are done players stay players go caps adjusted but we're just going to do a quick round of houses who's who's leaving the eagles this year in the, on the team and who's who's definitely staying on the team phil we'll go to you first Who's staying well, think, and who's, who's uh, going? Well, the obvious one to touch on first is going to be Zach Ertz. I, I think he's a big stale guy. And whilst I don't think it's 100% set that he's going to go, I just I can't see a scenario where him staying and the Eagles getting under the cap and keeping everybody happy and X, Y, and Z. It's just, there's, there's no, if the pros and, and cons column, all you've got in the pros is that he's a legend and, and, and we love him. Do you know what I mean? He he's not had a great season. He he's about to want to get paid. We we're not in a position to do that. And and I think we have got it. Not not trying to say God it's definitely better than Ertz, but he's he's definitely at a level where we we we're confident enough to say, do you know what? If Ertz goes, so be it. We we've had a couple of little tight end cameos come in, showing that in the background we've got a couple, yeah, and and crew. Dick like, Rod. But I think I think with him, it's hard to see a scenario where he goes. I would be very very shocked and surprised, and it'll be some nifty Howie magic maneuvering contracts um, 
is the only way that he'll stay in. And I just don't think that anyone in the organisation is fighting for that. Um, so, yeah, he's he's the main obvious one, I think. And, and I think... I, th- I think I think you've hit the nail on the head. I, 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 I've, I'm struggling as much as I want it to happen. I'm struggling to see a scenario where, where Ertz stays. Here's an interesting one for you. Wentz and Ertz both get traded to the Colts. The trade. Like so what do we get in return? Oh, okay. What do we what do we get in return? Uh we get T. Y. Holton and a second round mm. draft pick. That seems a bit lean. Um you, you don't think we're getting enough? Maybe a sec so second and a third it, and T. Y. It Holton. depends on which way you look which side of the Carson Wentz coin you're on. If you're on the fact that, you know, he's he's had a bad season and, and he's still the same great player and, and he's he's got a load of value, then he's worth worth something along you know, a, a good quarterback is worth is worth worth that maybe. You know, but obviously if you're on the other side of the coin where you're where you're saying he's terrible, he's falling off a cliff, he's not the same guy and he's not worth it, him and Ertz, yeah, together might might be might be valuable in that regard. There's also the contract, but I think I I think at the end of the day, if they can get rid of Wentz and Ertz off, then that means that the cap situation is definitely not is as serious. If they can renegotiate contracts, if they can get it the, the financial side sorted out, I think that's why I think that's why it seems likely that they'll both not be there next season is because if you'd managed to do it, it it sort of it releases the, the pressure on the on the system, I think. Uh, I, yeah, I think it's it's a really important point to make around the cap, obviously, for all the reasons that we know. Something I've been thinking about the last couple of days, one of the reasons for how he has kept his job is probably because how amazingly talented he is with um, cap space and financials. And if you think about it, there's no one else in the league you'd want in the situation we are in with Carson Wentz and our cap space than Harry Roseman at the moment. Now, an argument to be said for he, but he put us in the situation, sure. <laughs> um, but I think that's certainly a, a factor in why how he's staying. Notwithstanding, of course, the, the Super Bowl winning season and 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 how he having some trust and faith as he does as a, as an owner. Okay, so that's Ertz. Have you got any um, more? Who, who are going yeah, I think um, we're staying. Well, obviously, I think JP's not going to be here next season. That's another obvious one. I think um, wide receiver wise. I'm hoping they get rid of JJ Ortega Whiteside because he's 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 not provided anything. He's just taking up space. He's a, he's a laughing stock, really. I mean, don't get me wrong. That catch against Washington, yeah, it's that's the most that's almost like the most annoying thing about that game is that he waits until the last game of the season to basically show that he can play football. Um, but. I, no, and I said, he, I said he'd never get on the pitch. <laughs> in his defence. He comes back, not only does he get back on the pitch, he probably plays the best out of the wide receivers in terms of catching catch attempts and, 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 and yeah. yeah, all that sort of, sort of stuff. But um... in, in JJ's defence, he's, he's not really been targeted that much this year. He's not been on the field that much this year. And if you listen to the Harry Roseman and Doug Peterson conference today, they mention Rager and Whiteside as they're hoping to have big step ups next year. So I don't know. I reckon we might yeah. still see JJ around. He's on a rookie That's contract. That's more of a He's hope than a, than, a much. than a realistic expectation. But I think um, there's something yeah. for the bold prediction next year. 
JJ Ortega Whiteside the leading four, Eagles wide maybe. receiver. There's a difference between bold prediction if it's downright fucking idiotic. Well, I've had some whiskey. <laughs> I've, I've had some. I've had some whiskey. You know, it's it's flowing uh, free. No. <laughs> Oh, I'm sorry. I, I think in I terms of, are, we, are we still are we just sticking with levers <laughs> at the moment, or do you want me to give you a, someone who I can stay? In? I reckon Kelsey's staying. go for it. I reckon no, Kelsey's going to be here. Yeah, you can Kelsey stay. I just coming out with he didn't have to come out with all that stuff. If he was on his way out, he didn't have he wouldn't have to do sort of three pages of of text like explaining every little thing about what was going on. And and I think I think he's still he's still got value and and I think the Eagles will have him back as long as he wants to be back so I get the feeling that he's not ready to to give up just yet and and maybe he won't, he's he's happy to put this season down to a little blip where you can't really put fault on anyone in particular it's just a collective bad season and and if they if they have a good draft he, he might be there looking forward to this season I reckon yeah. A collective shit fuck, if you will. Mick, how about you, buddy? Yo. Um, who's, who's leaving who's or who's staying? Who's leaving? You, you, I'll, I'll you, you lead. Go on. You lead. Me, let me lead. Uh, you go well, for it. Was in, it was interesting that uh, the Eagles restructured Alshon Jeffrey and Malik Jackson's contracts. Yep, so that. Um, which, if you read into it a little bit, what it sounds like, oh, well, or oh, they're, they're nailed on for next season, but no, uh, I think it's about a jiggery pokery and they'll be cut. Yeah. Um, uh, the first opportunity, so it looks like both of them will be gone. And to be honest, I'm not really sad to see them leave either. Uh, I'm not sure if well, not Djax will hold on, hold on either. I, I can't say that I'm really up to the, up to speed with his um, contract. I don't, I don't know what his contract situation yeah. is either, but and I'll take a look at it before our next, con- our next podcast. I've got DJ Djax as down as staying for next year. Um, it's a bit of a bold outside outside shout, but I just have a feeling that he's been paid for two years. He's barely been on the field. He owes the, he he feels like he owes the Eagles something special. He's been in the NFL forever, man. He just needs to give up. <laughs> Like okay, he might mentor some of the younger guys and and things. He's like still that, got but... the pace. You saw it two weeks ago. I mean that he, he was breathing past the biggest the problem year. this season, though. Uh, and then he got the, injured. A lot of the causes of concern for the season have been holding on to these old people and and hoping that they'll they'll come good. It just hasn't worked. And I think the way they're heading is they're just gonna they're gonna have to be ruthless. And I don't think Djax, Alshon, Jeffrey are here. They they're gonna go with a younger quarterback. It's either gonna be hurt, mm. or it's gonna be. A, a, a draft pick, which God forbid if they do that again. But I think they 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 got they got to go down the road. And I think that came out in how in how his press conference, he's sort of admitting that sticking with these old guys just sentimentality has no place in the NFL. And I think he's yeah. finally admitting that. What about Jalen Mills, my you least that one. favorite guy on defense? Yeah, you leave that one. All right, I'll leave that one. Um, I was pleasantly surprised with the last few games of the season. And I don't know if it's because he was a gold ring in a pile of shit or because he actually stepped up. But when our second year was decimated, he was probably our best player. Isn't that because he went back in the to secondary, the which, which says a lot? 
he did go back to cornerback, but he he jumped yeah. around quite a bit. He didn't just stay there; he j- jumped around a bit. Um, uh, Longevity-wise, I don't want Mills on the team. I don't think he's good enough. I think he he thinks more about himself than I think he than he actually is. I think he, Jim Swartz is a massive Mills fan. I think we're going to speak about it in a minute, but I think Jim Swartz leaving is probably going to have a big effect on whether Mills stays or goes. I think he will stay next season because I think there's so much gap filling needs to happen. If you take Mills out as well, then you know you're you're, you're swinging free, mm-hmm. right? You, you, you yeah. have to hit yeah. on nearly every trade and draft yeah, exactly you make to try and say. fix it. So I think you, you have to keep. Yeah, you've got to keep him, I think, for another year. So I think for that reason, he stays. Um, and then whatever, the, and then the defense coordinator, coordinator next year makes a makes a call on him in, in the next in the next round of drafts and trades. What about Dick Rod? Go on, Mick. <laughs> <laughs> I just I just like tweeting the word Dick Rod. I like send it. Anyway. I just, you just want to keep him around for banter. Um, <laughs> he's, he's been. I, I do, sort of, yeah. I mean, see, as a tight end too, possibly. Well, not, if the first does go, I think there's, um, there's definitely there's a yeah, but there, there, there's a space there, be. isn't there, for, yeah. for for Dick Rod, for um, yeah, for Croom even. Um, is it, Perkins is still on the squad though as well. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he's, I don't know that Perkins. Listed, but, listed uh, I, squad, think, I think I think it's definitely if. I think he's been injured all season. Well, Perkins, if you're if you're listening in, Perkins, can you just drop us a DM and let us know if you're on the squad or not? Um, so, <laughs> so next year, it, yeah, if it goes, it's it's Goddard tight end one, uh, Dick Rod tight end two, Kroom tight end three, probably unless they do sign that stud of a tight end in the draft, which we God, I hope that doesn't happen. Okay, no, any, any, that's not going to happen. Anyone else? Possibly a late round tight end. Okay. That's fair. Sorry. No, no. Absolutely fine. Anyone else (laughs) you want to throw out there for going or staying? I think staying is fairly obvious. You've got got your Goddard, your Sanders, your Ragers, your Grange, your Coxes. Kelsey, I think he'll stay, Phil, as well. Sweat, obviously, on a rookie contract. So all these guys are definitely going to be sticking around. Uh, The the ones in question are, you know, your D-Jaxes. Malik Jackson... He's on a fair bit of money for what he did this year, so I can probably see him go. Ridgeway, I don't know what his contract situation is. I'm going to have to look at that. So maybe we'll look in more detail next time on the pod about contracts, caps, and, and situations uh, moving into next year. But before we move on, any, anything else? Anyone else? Do you see Howard? Do you see Howard today? No. Jordan Howard? No. Mm. What about, um, <laughs> what do you guys reckon about Quez Watkins? Because he had a little flash towards the end of the season. Has he done enough to yeah. be brought back next season? Yeah, he's staying for me. Mick? He's cheap, so we'll probably keep him just because of that. Um, you know, we've got a terrible cap situation coming, so we're going to rely on all these rookies and young guys that, that are just affordable and the cheap he's got. That repertoire with Hearts, uh, and they'll probably continue that in the off season where they do, you know, their sort of private drills and stuff like that. So, yeah, um, it, no, it, I don't see any reason to cut uh, Kez Watkins, even though he didn't particularly have a great game against Washington. But uh, I'm not going to nail me the master on it. It's just uh, we'll see how it progresses next year. I think it depends on whether DJ, it, it depends on the draft picks and whether DJ stays or not. 
if Djax stays and, and they pick up Diamante Smith or Jamar Chase, then, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's a toss-up between Watkins and Hightower as he stays, I think. No, I, I mean, like, I think we, we had, like, seven or, or something like that wide receivers going into the season on the roster. Um, so we may have a, a similar number. I don't think Watkins is, by any stretch of the imagination, will be uh, one of the top three wide receivers in the team at all. Fulgham? Um, Fulgham? He's, he's, he's a squad player. Um, and I'm so hoping that they, they, they go into me. whatever off-season, um, pre-season we get this year. Well, yeah, this year. Um, that they, they've completely rechanged their approach and they're not, they do get rid of Jack, Jackson and Jeffrey and they're literally just, they're open-minded because it did kind of feel maybe partly because of COVID and the amount, the ability to sort of get any any information or tape on any of the players in training camps or anything like that, that this year they will just go, look, there's seven spots. You you fill them, not us. And, and, and they give everyone a chance. But, you know, pigs can fly as well. Pigs can fly. Love it. All right, gents, that was good. Um, okay, there's been some coaching changes over the last week. Okay, some quick reaction from you guys. Jim Swartz is leaving us. Mick, how do you feel about that? Hey, uh, I was kind of hoping you were going to go to film first. But, <laughs> um, <laughs> You're pouring a no, whiskey. <laughs> he has been getting a lot of... A lot of flack this season, um, especially on Twitter. I think after every game, I've seen his name mentioned the most. Um, but to, to be honest, uh, I think our defense is one of the the least of our worries. I think even though, like if you watch the Washington game that you seen that, that our defense didn't get get the memo that we were tanking. They were they, they played pretty well um, despite you know our secondary. We've had problems all season in the secondary. Is that Schwartz's fault? No, I don't think it really is. I think that's how he's fault and not giving him the personnel that he needs to run the systems that he wants to that he wants to run. But like if, if you have um, a certain degree of player, you can only play to you know their their top level. And if their top level just isn't good enough to cut it in the NFL, then you know I, I, Schwartz is possibly trying to get the best out of these guys, but the, their best is just simply not good enough. Is that down to him? I don't really know. I don't really think it is, uh, in I my think, personal I, opinion. Yeah. I'd agree. I, I'd agree. I, I don't think it's down to Swartz. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not gutted that Swartz is going. I'm not happy that Swartz is going. I'm kind of indifferent that Swartz is going. I don't think he's been a game changer on defence for us. I don't think he's been a real problem for us on defence. I think you're right about the, 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 the draft picks. Phil, before we go to you, I'm just going to put a stat out there. You mentioned the secondary, okay? Shout out to Luke from 4th and 1 for posting this here today, because I know you're listening in, Luke. 30 seconds. So this is, the, this is the secondary stats. This is where they ranked in the league, okay? They're from bottom to top. They ranked 15 in receiving passing touchdowns. Ranked 15 in yards allowed. Ranked 15 in completions allowed. Ranked 26 in yards per reception. Ranked 27th in completion percentage allowed, ranked 28th, yeah, it does keep getting higher, ranked 28th in quarterback rating allowed, ranked 29th in the amount of interceptions they got, 
and ranked last 30 seconds in 40 plus yards uh, receiving receiving yards allowed per catch. And this is all while, and this is important, this is all while they had the fourth least passing attempts against them. So they, they 28 of the teams had to defend more pass than Eagles, and yet they finished in the bottom half in every single stat, and in some of them in, in, in the bottom five. And also, while having the third most sacks in the NFL, that's a damning, that's a damning assessment of the, of the secondary from a stat perspective. So something's going to change. Yeah, I mean, it's been depleted, like we said. Like they, they brought in Slay at the start of the year because we knew we knew we had a problem in the secondary, and I don't know how many things we've got to say, but Slay can't cover absolutely everyone in the field. So you, you can't put a band-aid on a severed leg. Were you um, happy with his performance this year, Mick? Given that we paid him a big contract, he got one interception and got torched Slay. by a couple of yeah wide receiver ones. Yes, like were you happy with his right. performance? Yes, I am. Um, he, you're right in what you're saying. He did get torched by a, a couple of the wide receivers, but th- these guys are elite. You're talking about the Bonnie Adams. Um, yeah. you're, you're talking about DK Metcalf and and. And these are elite receivers, and um, so you've got to cut him a bit of slack there. And I think he did well. Like you saw in the Cowboys game, that they were targeting whoever Slade wasn't covering. You know, yeah. so and it was the same in the Washington game as well. They just threw it wherever Slade wasn't going to be. Um, so, so you know, that's that's a testament to him. We, we weren't even sure if he was on the field. In one of the games, because we didn't see him, because you know his coverage was that good that the, the camera never panned him. Yeah, and again, that's, that's that's credit to him, and I think he he has had a has a good season, but um, it just doesn't look too good when the CB two or and and the nickel corner is just absolute shite for for uh, want of a better word. Nickel Ruby Coleman, Phil, what about you, buddy? Any yeah, reactions I, I'm, to that? I'm kind of agreeing with you. You, you both turn a bit indifferent with Jim Schwartz going because I don't I don't feel like it was all his fault and I don't believe he had a fair crack of the whip. Um, the defence had had a few bad games, but you can put a lot of that down to personnel, like Mix touched on. You know, you only got one solid corner. It's easy then to throw in the opposite direction, especially if you're playing with a team that's got two decent wide receivers and, you know, and, but I also think I also believe a lot of the rumours where he's probably not got a lot of say in personnel. He's not maybe given full control, full reign that he that he would want. And similar to the Carson Wentz situation, that felt felt very much like a a divorce that was growing. I mean, he he was tried to get a head coach job last season, didn't get it. So you know, you can argue that he came back thinking, well, I'll give this one more go, but if things don't change, I'm I'm out. And and that's kind of feels what's what's happened. He's 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 yeah. not had the backing that he wants, and he's not performed to the level that Eagles wants. And naturally, they're both just like, well, okay, fine, you 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 know, you go do what you need to do. We're gonna go down a different route. Yeah, that's 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 a fair observation. I think you know we'll 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 see in the coming weeks and months who who they who they pick to replace him, and you know we'll do we'll do some analysis on those. Uh, on that pick, and 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 also look at the draft and, and the trade market to see what they do to to address the, the issues in the secondary. There's no doubting that they have no problems on the on the defensive line. 
And, you know, we'll, we'll talk about it in the future, but if we do take Parsons at, at linebacker, and uh, if he does fall to us, and, we, and we've already got our stud in Singleton there, um, that's our defensive line and our linebacker situation looking amazing. Maybe we'll make a trade for, you know, another quarterback and we become the best secondary <laughs> defense in the league. You know, stranger things happened. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, we're, we're going to wrap it up in a second then, folks. Um, been great to talk to you. Uh, feels like the last full part of the season. However, we will be back to discuss uh, draft picks. We'll, we'll be back in, in Super Bowl week to, to talk about any of the comings and goings and the happenings between now and then. Um, and we might be back in between. Who knows? We'll see what happens. Before we do, I'm going to go for a bold prediction for next year. Guys, I'll yeah, probably kick it. us off for that if you want. Well, my prediction for next year is Wentz makes the Pro Bowl again and, as a minimum, leads a team, a team to a playoff run at a minimum, potentially even the Super Bowl. But he makes the Pro Bowl, and as a minimum, he leads a team to a playoff run. I'm not saying who that yeah. team will be. I, I, I like that, and I think, think that feels like the, the, the nicest way for the Carson Wentz-Philadelphia Eagles saga to end is for him to not disappear off the face of the earth and actually be successful. It's a case of it's not it's not upset if he is like at least he wasn't as bad as he he could be as he was with us at the time. He yeah, actually was a good player. We didn't draft a dud. Yeah, one hundred percent. Um yeah, yeah, you know, maybe, maybe that maybe that is with the Eagles, eh? <laughs> maybe that is with the Eagles. I'm not saying it's not with the Eagles. I, I just I feel like um, Carson's not done. He's not done with the NFL. He's not done with the league. He's not done with Pro Bowls, and I don't think he's done with Super Bowls. Um, Mick, do you want to go? <laughs> um, no, I'll go first. Yeah, I'll go first. I like that. I'll Flip it back. Right back at you, Phil. I I I what, does it have to be about? Is it specific the Eagles or is it sort of? Does it can it be in, in general? Yeah, I think I don't think we're. I don't think yeah, we're it's Eagles related. We're, we're it's Eagles as, related, yeah. as as everyone as, as everyone seems to be like we're just the worst team. We we've had the worst season in a long while. Yeah, I think there's a lot of reasons for for that. I think I think next season will be a, a complete polar opposite, and I reckon. We'll draft. I I have a confident feeling that we that we'll draft some decent players. We'll actually do what we need to. It feels like Howie's come out and said the right thing. So I reckon um, we'll we'll have we'll have a winning record next season. I don't know if that's a bold prediction as such, but I think we'll have a winning winning uh, winning season. And I reckon we'll win the division. Wow. Okay. Well, yeah. I mean, I reckon some of our listeners might think that's a bold prediction. So I'm looking forward to their. To their feedback, to their <laughs> feedback, um, specifically Steve. Steve, let us know your thoughts. You know, don't don't pull any punches. Let, let us know what you think about it. Paul, let us know how you feel, and, and obviously Catherine um, as well. It'd be great to hear your thoughts on the Eagles having a winning record <laughs> next year and clinching the division, probably nine seven. <laughs> Mick, what about you, buddy? Have you had time to think about that one while Phil has been talking? <laughs> yeah, I was scrambling there, um, just looking for something, just anything to come in, pop into my head to say. <laughs> uh, no, um, I 
like we were, we kind of touched on it earlier that uh, we have a, a a very good running back in in Sanders, and I feel like next year could be his year. And and you know, I, I, he wasn't my hopeful. Rager was my hopeful, and I think my expected was was for Sanders. So um, I'm hoping, expecting rather, <laughs> Sanders to to rush for over fifteen hundred next yeah. season. Uh, which is nearly double what he's been doing uh, in the last couple of seasons, but I think he's he's got it in him. And again, if we if we expect to start our support back, we, we could um, definitely see um, a, a run game. Yeah, I, I'm definitely a bold prediction, but uh, but one that I love, I absolutely love that. For me, for me, for that to happen, oh, there's a bit of a noise there. For me, for that to happen. Um, a new offensive coordinator has to come in because uh, Doug Peterson being an ex-quarterback just seems to go away from the run game too often and, and throws it um, so many more times than perhaps he needs to. So new offensive quarter, coordinator comes in, uh, changes things up a little bit, works with Doug. Um, yeah, I, I, I believe in Miles Sanders. I think he's an absolute stud. Absolute stud. Good stuff. All righty, well... Um, Oh, that's probably a wrap, folks. We're gonna we're gonna do just be, just before we leave or before we leave you, um, and after we leave you, and in between when we leave you, <laughs> joking. And um, we're gonna have Mick in a second and um, give us his uh, sixty second wrap up for the year. Um, but yeah, gents, any final thoughts um, before we yeah, leave it there and pass the mic over to Mick? It's gonna be an interesting off season, eh? Yeah, my tablet died, um, so like at the end of my prediction there, and I scrambled to change the <laughs> my anchor login to my phone, so I kind of jumped on and it jumped up. Yeah, seamless. <laughs> well, you, you did you did it well, mate. You you did it well. <laughs> of course you didn't. Of course. You um, didn't. we 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 didn't say anything bad about you at all while you were off. I, I promise. <laughs> You'll have to listen to an hour and 30 minutes to find out if we did or we didn't. Um, so b- before we leave it, we're, we'll have another podcast here. We'll, we'll look at the draft. We'll look at um, the positions and who's going to be starting in what positions next year. We'll, there'll be, no doubt will be some more stories on the quarterback situation. We, we didn't really touch on who's going to be the, the, the quarterback next September, although you know, we uh, a couple of mentions about it being hurt, and it feels that we're going that way. But the press conference today, everyone seemed to be leaning more towards um, Wentz from from the press conference. The reports coming out of it, Harry Roseman turning around and saying he's like a finger on his hand. He can't imagine Wentz not being around. So we'll see if that actually it means what it means, or or we're just putting him in the shop window. So lots of things for us to discuss next time, guys. Thank you very much, and. Um, We'll, we'll leave we'll leave Mick to wrap it up for us as usual. Take it away, Mick. Cool. Well, my fellow Eagles fans, and also the lurkers of other teams who wish to point and laugh at our precious birds, the Eagles' wings were clipped. It nosedived from the sky and has finally hit the concrete and splattered all over the fucking tarmac. What a season that was. A revolving door of offensive linemen that saw more sacks than a fucking urologist. A secondary that got torched worse than the wicker man and a receiving core that couldn't catch COVID. Well, except J. Jaw, he did catch COVID, but fuck all else. 4-11-1. That's, that's just downright pathetic. 
the worst team in the worst division in football. There's a there's a long list of people to blame. Just probably just about as long as the injury list. Has Doug got them in fucking combat training? What is going on over there? Every week there's a new guy in the starting lineup waiting to disappoint me. But as bad as the season has been, it hasn't stopped me from tuning in to every second of it. I do love it and I will sorely miss cheering them on for the duration of the off-season. At the end of the day, we are fans through thick and thin. The bad times only make the good times taste more sweet. Roll on next season and fly, Eagles fly.